I've learned, you know, you know, we always take, you know, we always assume that we think we know the book of, Reve- book of Revelation. But Randy's is really bringing a lot of revelation and wisdom to it, which it's been new to me. So I hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, we will continue to listen to Randy and to what he has to say, what the Lord has revealed to him. So it's all by God's revelation and wisdom as, as opened up by the Holy Spirit. So thank you, Randy. Are you all set up? Okay. So enjoy. Well, welcome. Oh, it's hot up here. I just want to welcome the family of Ebenezer. It's a special day. And Yemi. And I uh, just want to welcome you and say what Richard has said. I feel I'm an African man myself, born and bred out there. So I feel a bit underdressed. Maybe I should get my caftan out and join you. But welcome. Uh, we've got a special day because I don't even know the name of the baby. But we're going to dedicate it. You know, And the whole part of dedicating a baby to the Lord is that we promise as a church to oversee the child until they come to an age where they can make their own decision to bring them up. The Bible says to bring them up, that they wear the things of the Lord until they become of age to make up their own minds. So as a church and as a family, because we're an extended family, yeah, we're going to come and we're going to dedicate this baby to the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's power in that name. There is power in the name of the Jesus. So if we're dedicating it into the name of Jesus, then that child will have power on it. There's an anointing on that. A real anointing. And uh, so the Apostles' Creed. This is where we finish. What we're doing is we're in to part eight and we're in chapter uh, three of Revelation. What we've been looking at is Jesus walking amongst the lampstands of his church. And what he's been doing, he's been trimming the wicks of that lampstand, of that lampstand as a high priest. And what he's been doing here in this place is, is just examining us. He's been examining us. You know, what are you? Who are you? Where are you headed? Are you a Philadelphian type of person sat in a Lacedaemonian age church, which is lukewarm? It's neither hot nor cold. It doesn't know the times or the seasons that it's living in. Well, Jesus gives you a suggestion. Come out of it. Because in all the seven churches, he says, there is an overcomer. In, one, in every type of this church, there's an overcomer apart from one, the Philadelphian age. So we went right the way through the seven churches. And if, and if you haven't heard them, then I suggest if you want to, go on our website. You can download it. It's there as podcasts. But we're going to have a look at one time because we need to know where we're headed. You need to know where you're headed. Because as Jesus has been trimming your lampstand, because when we first started this and we started trimming the lampstands, we didn't think it was going to be such a, an immediate trim. Because we lost one of ours. We lost a dear, dear, dear man. A man of God, a man of faith. You know, that used to sit there and, and I miss him. But that he was a seed for us in this place. And Anita, you know, sitting there, the widow, you know, of Doug, and, and, and we support her, we love her. But, but, but Doug was a seed that fell in the ground. So what is that seed going to produce? It's going to produce a harvest. And whatever is produced in this place, we will, Doug, where he is now with the Lord, in a heavenly place, in the most beautiful place to be in the presence of the Lord. And as it says in Psalm 27, to gaze into the beauty of the Lord. And to seek him in his temple. That's where Doug is. 
He is gazing into the most beautiful eyes, the most crystal blue eyes of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I've had the privilege, the privilege of gazing into those eyes on a few occasions. And that might stretch some of us in this place. It doesn't stretch us in this place, does it? Because that's what we want. This is where we're headed. If we're friends of the bridegroom, if we are the bride of Christ, then we shall see his face now. Not wait to the thousand-year reign of Christ. Not wait until we're given a, a transportation up to the heavenly realms. But now. So where are we headed? This is why I wanted to spend this time just showing you where we're going to be headed and uh, what we're going to be doing. Now, just ignore the Apostles' Creed. This is basically where I finished uh, last time, uh, last week, in fact. Because basically the Apostles' Creed is, is the teaching of the Apostles summed up on 12 points. And even though they recite them in, in uh, a controlled type of church, the Lacedaemonian church age, because we're living in a, in a church age that have two churches that take prominence. And at the moment, only one church is at the top of it, and that's the Lacedaemonian type. That you don't know the seasons you're in. You're either you're neither hot nor cold. You know, Jesus says, I'd rather spew you out of my mouth because you're neither hot nor cold. And, 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 and that means it's not that you're lukewarm, which is what you are. That's the state of you. But in season, if you're in the winter, you want a hot drink. If you're in the summer, you want a cool drink. So they, there's this church, have not recognized the times and the seasons that we're in. We do. We recognize the times and the seasons. And I'm going to give you a little bit of more of an insight to that as uh, we go on. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, will you now come and speak to us with a voice of revelation? Where, Lord, that we're not just going to know knowledge, but we're going to know the knowledge giver. That we're moving into a time, Jesus, where you will take a church and run with it and they with you. And I thank you now, Lord, for this time. I thank you for the people that are listening and <laughs> are strengthening themselves in you. Because, Jesus, we look to you in all of this. We've got nowhere else to go. And, Father, I don't want to go anywhere else. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Are you ready for a ride? I'm trying to keep this down to one hour. That was just the start. So please stay with me. I've got a lot of stuff to get through. So I'm going to try and keep to my notes. You see, over this last week, we have seen a huge battle happen in the heavenly realm. Huge battle. Whenever you see lightning and rain and thunder, there is a heavenly battle going on. And what are we seeing on the news as we, as we sit here over this last week? Hurricane Matthew. Hurricane Matthew, and I haven't got time to go into what the Lord is, has unpacked for me in the name of Matthew. But go and have a look at it yourself. And in one of the photographs of this, it came across as a skull with teeth. Because it, it was just going to bite. But thank God there is a battle going on. Thank God that we might get a little bit beaten up in this battle, but we still know there's a battle going on. How many people are going through a battle? Amen. We are going through battles. But it's great because you might get a little bit beaten up, but at least we're fighting. At least we're fighting. And a lot of churches, they haven't got any fights because they're no threat to the enemy. But in this place, we've got a lot of fight going on because we're a threat to what's coming. 
We're a threat to the enemy for what's coming. So we're going to have a look in the church of Philadelphia. To the angel of the church of Philadelphia in Revelation 3, verse 7 to 13. These are the words of him who are holy and true, who holds the key of David. Very important. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength. You have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are in the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars. I will make them come and fall at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Isn't that great? We've got some enemies that are going to fall at our feet. And where the Lord says, this is the one, this is my lad. This is my boy. This is my girl. I love them. And he's going to acknowledge us in the presence of our enemies. And folks, this isn't heaven. Because we don't have any enemies in heaven. This is on earth. This is going to happen now. It's going to happen here on earth, not in heaven. Because we're going to bring a bit of heaven down on earth. In fact, we're going to bring a lot of heaven down on earth. It says this. Since you have kept my command and endured patiently, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test the inhabitants of earth. There is, there is going to be, <laughs> the Lord says it, there is going to be trials and tribulations coming on us and the great tribulation. But God says in this word, read the word, he promises to keep us safe. Do you want to be kept safe through what's coming on this earth? Yes. Well, I'll show you how. Very simple. Love the Lord with all of your heart. Love him with every part of you, with every sinew, with every muscle, with every part of your being. Love him. And then when you've loved him, love him more. And when you've loved him, love him more. Because he will give you more capacity to love him. More and more and more. You can't outgive God. You can't outstrip him. He will just pour out his love on you. Isn't that great? Because this is what it is. Jesus says these words. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one can take your crown. You see, when we stand before the throne room of God, before we stand at the great white throne, we won't be judged. We'll be given rewards. We will get our crowns because we've endured to the end. The one who is victorious, I will make them a pillar in my temple of God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven. This isn't, this isn't some sort of rosy little thing that's up there. This is figurative. This is actually physically going to come down which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write upon them a new name. And whoever has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. You see, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what he is saying in that day, he is saying in this day. He is speaking to a church age group, the Philadelphian church age, which is what? Love. That means physically brotherly love. But this church is going to have so much love on them, so much love for Jesus, so much love for, for the things of the, the spirit realm, of, from his realm, but they'll have a love for one another. 
And one of the things that has been a common denominator in this place, when people are coming in and they say, we feel the love of God in this place. How? Through us. How we prefer one another. You see, in verse 10, when it says that you have patiently endured, that word patiently means to literally endure it. We've been enduring a lot of stuff over the last couple of years in this place. We have had all hell break out against us. We've had demonic activity like you've never known before break out. Why? Because we're a threat. Nobody knows us on the outside, but let me tell you, they know us in the spirit realm. They know us in the spirit realm. When it says, you know, when the men of Shreva try to chuck out the, 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 the spirits that were in a man, then the spirits recognize the authority that's in you. They recognize us. They say, do you know what? I know Paul. <laughs> I know Jesus, but who the heck are you? Come here, let me give you a slap. Because they recognize, you know, and this is what is coming, is in the spirit realm, we shine with brightness and color. You know, and I, I haven't got time to go into that, but, but you see, in John's day, Philadelphia was a gateway to the territories of the east, and it bordered three major uh, countries in that day. And the city was literally founded for the purpose of spreading, as a missionary, the Greek way of life. They wanted to influence the whole of that area with the Greek influence, the Greek culture, the Greek language. And then when the Romans overtook and overthrew um, the Greeks, they used Philadelphia to do exactly the same. It was a missionary outpost that was to spread the influence of Roman culture. And Philadelphia was a door to vast eastern territories that had not yet been explored. Interesting. And it was subject to many earthquakes, many earthquakes that eventually one earthquake destroyed the city and the city of Sardis all in, in, in 20 AD. But both cities were completely leveled and then the emperor Tiberius rebuilt it again. So it, in the, as Jesus is speaking to this city, it's quite a modern city. In fact, it's a very modern city. And, uh, but this church age that we're running into now this church age, if you have a look at it, is prophetic. It's three score prophetic. It's talking to the church of his day. It's talking to the church age of history. And it's talking to our church age. Now, when did this Philadelphian church age start? Well, it started in around about 1947. Right the way through up until it's alive and kicking today. But there's a remnant. It's a remnant church. It's a remnant of all the other six churches of people who have broke out the other six churches. It's a remnant church. It's not a big church. But this is a historic church, and we are meeting it today. It's alive and kicking. Jesus said a few things about all the other churches, but this is the only church that he spoke about, no condemnation. There was no condemnation. When he condemned all the other ones, he says, this is what you're doing well, this is what you aren't doing, this is my counsel, but to the overcomers. And this is the only church that didn't have anything going, uh, going wrong. And he said he was going to give this church, which I believe is talking to us today. I believe that everybody here has qualified or is qualified for this church age movement. Now, we, he has promised to give us the key of David. And... Uh, this church will open up doors like no other church has.
has opened up. They will shut doors that nothing can open. In other words, this key of David is incredible, incredible authority. It says in Isaiah 22, verse 21, it says, And I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place, and he shall be a glorious throne to my father's house. It's speaking about this key. It's speaking about this key. And this is a type of church that will be around in the last age. We're in the last age, yes? They already agree upon that. We're in the last age. So do you qualify? Has Jesus been trimming your wick? Because he is about to place into your hand a key that will have such authority. It will have such power and it will have access to a throne. Isn't that incredible? Do you want... So it speaks about a power, it speaks about an authority, but it speaks about an instant access into the throne room, the holy of holies of God. I want that. But what God has been running around this world looking for, for those that he can depend on, for those that he can trust, that won't misuse this authority, that won't misuse this power. Because we want to do it to lift up one name. His name. We want to do it to build up one kingdom. His kingdom. Not our own. Not man. And this is what we're seeing in church. It's an abomination to the Lord. When man has started building their own kingdoms. Where have prostituted themselves to the things of the world and brought it into the church. Where worship spends more prominence than the name of Jesus. Where the gifts are more prevalent than going after the gift giver. Do you understand that? Churches have set up huge ministries out of the gifts. But what God is looking for is a people that he can trust, a people that won't abuse the gifts, a people that will actually love him and only do what they see him doing. They will go to the ones, they will go to the twos, and they will listen to what God is saying. And God will say, I want you to go to this street. I want you to go to this door. It's not a flipping treasure hunt. It's hearing the voice of God and doing and obeying. I'm not going to go into a street and look for a woman wearing a red coat. and I'll, No, God is going to say, you are going to go to this woman and this is her name and this is what you're going to say to her. That's what I want. I don't want to be stabbing a, a pin in the dark and hoping that I connect with it. I want to be stabbing into the spirit realm and hearing the voice of God and saying, God, I'll go. Send me. Send me. Because I'm going to go. No matter what the cost is to me, I'm going to go. To this Philadelphian church in the last days, the Lord said he will give the power and the authority of the throne room of God, the key of David. And what we open cannot be shut. What we shut cannot be opened. This is the church age that we're moving into. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? It's worth this fight, isn't it? It's worth pursuing. It's worth going through what we've gone through. It's, it's absolutely worth it because he is worth it. We don't just sing about the songs upon the cross because it's all about the blood. Because he shed it so that we could be set free. And I'm going to show you how we are free. Because in Matthew 16, verse 17 to 19, I want you to listen to this. It's very important. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by your Father in heaven, my Father in heaven. And I will tell you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, and he isn't turning around to Peter and saying, you are the rock, 
Because this is an inverted noun. He turns around and says, he's speaking about himself. And he says, upon this rock, me, the name of Jesus. He's talking about himself here. He's saying, upon this rock, I will build my church. We've only got one foundation, and it's Jesus. He is our firm foundation. And it's upon those walls we will build the church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. That's the promise. So what we are building, if they're building on a sure foundation of Jesus, it won't come tumbling down. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That's the spirit realm. Whenever you see the keys of the, of the spirit realm, like kingdom of heaven, it's talking about the spirit realm. He will give us the keys of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound on heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. These are doors. These are doors that cannot be shut and cannot be opened. Once we bound it, it's bound. Once we loose it, it cannot be shut. Do you understand that? This is the authority. These are the keys that will open doors that no age church Church age can ever shut. And no age church has ever seen these doors open. This is going to be brand spanking new. We're on it. We're in a new season. And it's going to be open like no other when we haven't even been able to dream about what's coming. The church is going to, listen, listen to me. You've got to listen. And I don't care whether you're, you're that much of a Christian or that much of a Christian. I don't care whether you are, there's a massive fire burning here or there's a little spark there. But if there's something there, the the Lord can use it. And I know some of you in this place, your faith is waning. There's a word from the Lord. Your faith is waning. And he is giving you an opportunity to get on fire for him. If there's something in you that doesn't jump, then your love has grown cold for him. If there's a spirit in you saying, yeah, I want this. I want this. You're getting it. You're getting it. You're getting it. But you see, this church is going to open doors in the realm of the Spirit like we've never, ever seen before. In different areas right around this world, like never, ever seen. We're going to see this happen more and more and more so that the gospel of the kingdom can go out into the world. We're going to open up spiritual realms. And these are important keys. So the church has the power and the authority to bring down principalities and powers that are binding over nations. Don't you want that authority? Don't you want to go back to Nigeria and open up the spirit realm like never before and bind and bring down that spirit that has bound that country and see God and all his angels flood into that place and see revival break out and the whole country of Nigeria can, he, can feel the revival of the Lord in three months. That is not impossible to God. That's not impossible. So what about Sheffield? when we're going to be showing and giving keys to go into the spirit realm and we can speak to those spirits in the name of Jesus and bring them down. Because every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he's not going to give it to an institution. He isn't going to give it to a denomination. He's going to give it to a people that are on fire for him. It's all out. You've got to be all out for Jesus. All out. And I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. We're all one body. Because we've all got one spirit. See, we're going to have such 
intense times of revival in whole cities, communities, areas, and countries. You know, we are going to be a church age that will set free people from drugs and that the drug dealers selling the drugs cannot sell them anymore. We'll be a church that will literally set every place and every disease and every illness free from bodies and bring them into health. We will literally clear out hospitals and clear out mental institutions. We will have doctors and psychiatrists ripping up their textbooks and opening up the Word of God, and that will be their textbook. Seeing that in these places, when these, when these keys are given to a body of people to unlock in the spirit realm, we'll have crime-free cities. We'll have pubs and clubs and nightclubs closing their doors. We, we will have prostitutes giving up their trade. We'll have the men going to those prostitutes, not doing it anymore, and loving on their families. We'll have alcoholics instantly set free. But we'll have the rich coming in and saying, you know what, I have got nothing, but I give it to the Lord. Great finance is going to come into this church. Huge. Not millions, but billions of finances is going to pour into this church because they will build it and they will use it to build the foundations of Jesus up. I keep saying, you know, I believe that millions and millions and millions of pounds will come into us. But when we leave, there won't be a penny in that account because we've used it for for the Lord. We've used it for the Lord. The church will experience revival like no other church age. No other church age has experienced this. And God has ordained that we're born in this hour. This is for us. This isn't for another generation coming. This is for this generation. They will have the power to break through demonic, demonic veils and break these satanic angels and open up the whole nations and cities to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it says in Isaiah 25, verse 7, And he will destroy in this mountain, this world, the forces of the covering cast over people and the veil that is spread over all nations. That's talking about this church age. Isaiah is talking about us. In this church, Mount Zion, God is going to destroy every demonic covering over every nation, breaking down principalities and powers and opening them up for the gospel. Nations that are close to the gospel today are going to be open through this spiritual type of warfare and intercession that is going to open up these doors that no man is going to be able to shut. We've seen some of these doors open. Look at Russia. It was bound in darkness for, for a number of years, since 1917. And in 1997, the walls started coming down. I think I got that date wrong. If I, haven't, if I got it right, then great. If I haven't, then excuse me. But it's around that time that for almost 100 years or 70 years or something like that, 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 that Russia was closed. But there was a time and a season when people were going into Russia, taking in Bibles, and if they got caught, they would lose their lives. If you were Christian, you wouldn't live long. <laughs> but look at it today. There's revival going on there. Look at the Middle East. Iran is one of the most radicalized Muslim countries, but there are more people getting saved to the message of the gospel in Iran than anywhere else. Look at China. They say that now China is 40% Christian. The underground church has really moved. But look in the West, it's almost dead. There are places of revival around this world that will shock you. 
there is revival going on in Syria. Because what they're seeing is, I mean, ISIS, thank you guys. You've done us a service. Seriously. Thank you, the Ayatollah Khomeini in Iran. Because what they saw is a group of people coming in with such brutalness. They're saying, if that's the God that I follow, I don't want anything to do with it. So which God do I follow? And they're having experience with, with the Lord, where the Lord Jesus is opening them up. So, do you want to open up some nations? Listen, can I give you a mandate? What Neville said to us this week. Phoned up me and Heidi and we spoke to him and here it is. My job as a pastor is coming to an end. It's coming to an end. Because this church will move in such a way to train and equip the saints for the greater works. That's a mandate. To train and equip in every area. In every area that there is possible. When darkness comes on this world, we will have light on us. When, when you have an, uh, an electromagnet uh, shutdown that closes down cities because there are things happening in the spirit realm that will shut down cities, how are they going to cope? We will teach them. Because the Lord has been speaking to me about this for years. But we're going to have to train and equip them to move in the spirit realm. We're going to have to train and equip them to move in things that the church hasn't moved in for, well, hardly ever. The early disciples probably moved in a lot of this. But we're going to have to train people. You are going to have to train people to move in this and to put hearts on fire for him. It's not about ministry. Somebody comes to say and tries to come on this springboard to, to springboard themselves into ministry, I'll shut them down. I will shut them down. I don't want to have anything to do with ministry. I want everything to do with the Lord. I want to go where he goes. I want to see what he sees. I want to hear what he hears. I want to be so close to him. See, in Revelation 3, it says, I know your deeds. See, I've placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and not denied my name. You see, just as Philadelphia was built purposely for the spread of a culture and philosophy of a Greco or a Roman, so is this end-time church, the Philadelphian church, going to be a missionary church like no other church history before. Do you follow me? You will have ministry like you've never going to, to other countries and other regions and other cities and see them set free. God is going to do wonderful things in these last days as this church begins to rise. We've seen some of these keys being given to the church over the last few years, like spiritual warfare and intercession and what happened. Nations opened. I, I said about Russia opening, Iran opening, China opening, Syria. There is great revival. But what will this church operate in? They will operate in an open door in the heavenly realm like no other church age. This church will walk into the spirit with the Lord and they'll access into the heavenly realm. They will walk and, and give commands to angels and to legions. Come on, guys. This is what you need to do. You might be sitting in your front room one day and the Lord says, come with me. And he'll take you to a place in the middle of nowhere. And you'll be speaking to a group and a tribe that have never heard the gospel. And you will speak in English and they will understand. They will speak in their language to you and you will understand. This is what we're going to move into. You'll come back and there will be mud of that area. Like, you know, if you go to Africa, and, and I mean, all those people who have been to Africa, and in the rainy season you get that beautiful red mud, that beautiful red, you know, soil that's in, you know, running along. You'll come back and your boots will be caked in that soil. 
Don't put God in the box. Listen, the law of first mention. If it's happened in the Bible, it can happen to us. That's the law of first mention. So if Philip or um, Elijah could outrun a chariot, so will we. I will run and not grow weary. Hey, this is coming to us. You see, John 1, verse 51, it's talking about an open heaven that Jesus walked in. From the minute he started his ministry, he walked in an open heaven. And that was right at the beginning of Jesus' ministries. And for 32 years, he walked under an open heaven. Because he's showing us that we will walk under an open heaven. Wouldn't, isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible that we were walking under an open heaven? And the Philadelphian church is going to learn the laws of the Spirit like no other church age. God is going to open doors into the Spirit for them. They will travel in the Spirit like Elijah and Philip, and, and that will be commonplace. The Lord has given me experiences you know, of this. I've been literally physically be taken out of my body, and I've been flying with incredible speed, where I've gone through clouds and the mist the mist of the clouds up, up there, and I, and I felt it. I've had to wipe the, the mist out of my eyes with incredible speed. But he looks after us in that realm. This is going to become absolute commonplace. And this is a spiritual law that the church is going to have to learn. And people are going to be able to minister to the needy all over the world, not just in the Spirit of God, but that he will actually take them to these places, and they will minister to people that, will, that, that have never heard the gospel or need a hand, or need a help. They will do it. God is going to give this church aid an open door into the realm of the Spirit with such authority and with such power. We're going to see angelic operations like never before because we're going to be directing them. You're going to have blueprints to battles. Listen, we're going to have blueprints to battles this is what I want you to do. This is where you're going to go, and here's the blueprint. This is what you're going to follow. We're living in this day. Let me tell you, we're on the brink of it. We are literally, I can smell it. I'm almost touching it. When we had the prayer last week in this place, people were experiencing, especially the women, they, they felt as if they were about to burst because you're touching this. We're on the brink of it. We're on the brink. And Jesus said he would give you the keys to open these doors. And these are keys of revelation yeah, that we will begin to experience now. We won't just have a word of knowledge. We'll have the spirit of all knowledge. We won't have a, 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 a little touch of revelation. We'll have, we'll have all spirit of revelation. Huge difference. Huge difference. And this is going to be a part, this has been a part of our vision here in Bushfire for years. It's just that we haven't been open about it as much as we are now. Because this is the things that we are going to be doing. This is the things that we're going to be moving in. And if that doesn't get you excited, then nothing will. I promise you, nothing will. There's nothing out there that I want. There's everything in this place that I want, which is him. God said that he would keep us during that time of tribulation because we've endured, because we have had patience, and because we haven't done it in our strength. 
There are so many churches that are working in the flesh, they haven't even realized that the Spirit has left. And I, and I, as I said last week, I'm not against the people. You've got to love the people. But hate, hate, because Jesus hated it, control of what the people are going through. It says in John 17, verse 15, My prayer is not that you may take him out of the world, but you will protect him from the evil one. God is going to take us out of a fight. He's going to use us for the fight that we will come out victorious. God is going to keep us. He's going to protect us. We're not going to be called away. We're not going to be raptured out of it. We're going to be in on the midst of it. We're going to be in the thick of it. We're going to have our, be up to our elbows in a fight. And we will get muddy. We will get bloody. We will, we will take some hits. But God has said that he will protect us. He will see us through this time of trial. And I'm really excited. But we have a massive, massive, massive problem. We've become passive to the things and the ways of God. We have put God in such a small box of expectancy. But God is about to jump out of that box and scare us like we have never been scared before. He is going to jump out like that, jack in, you know, and go, boo! And we're going to go, Aah! But he is going to show us who we are in him. That we will not operate out of flesh, but we will operate out of the spirit. You see, we get under a little bit of pressure and we get down and depressed. God isn't for us. You know, we go through a little bit of trial and tribulation. Oh, I'm really struggling in this. You know, can I ask you a question? For those that have been with the Lord for a long time, how mature are you? How mature are you? How long have you been in the things of God? And you have a little bit of trial and a little bit of this and a little bit of that and you get really down in the dumps. I'm just, I'm going to take my dummy out. I don't want any more of this. I'm not, you know, can I give you a little bit of advice? If you are dealing with the bit of downness and a bit of depression and a bit of this, deal with it. Deal with it. You don't need to go to a counselor for two or three hours and say, I've got this problem, I've got that problem. Deal with it. Stand up like a man. Stand up like the woman that God has created you to be. And look to him. Look to him. If you're depressed, put some worship on. Get into that cloak and that realm of, the, of just worshipping, loving and thanking him. Because of what it says, it lifts off the garment of heaviness. Don't ask me to pray for you. Do not ask me to pray for you unless you've done this. I won't pray for you. Unless you put on that garment of praise that lifts off the spirit of heaviness. But we get too far down and we go, oh, I don't like this. It's getting tough down here. We're in a fight. Of course it's going to be tough. Things aren't going to be nice and rosy and easy. We're in a fight. So let's get in some welfare. Let's begin to sing and to praise and to worship God, to lift off that heavenly, uh, that heaviness in you, that we get on him. And it says that we will shine with light and color. And we've got to wake up. Wake up to this. We're in a change. Let's listen. I'm going to come into this. We are in a season of transition. And I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to show you where, you know, and, and we're going to have the best and the worst of times. We're in the best of things, but we're also in the worst of things. I know many of you have got struggles. 
But what, why is God giving you these struggles and these testings? To mature you. To mature you in Christ. Not to run to an organization and say, I've got this problem. I'm, I can't give this up. I can't. No, you look to God. He'll give you the strength. When you recognize you've got no strength. When you recognize that you haven't got anything in you that can fight, but only he can fight for you. And I know many of you are qualified. Many of you are qualified. And God always promises to the overcomers of the church, in verse 12, he will make them pillars of his temple. Pillars here means holy of holies. The actual the Hebrew word, sorry, the Greek word for this is, is holy of holies. He will make you pillars. You see, in Philadelphia, every time they had an earthquake, the pillars of that place used to shake. And what he is saying is, I'm going to make you pillars in the holy of holies. <coughs> that you won't be shaken. That you will hold your position and your place in God. That you won't be shaken down. That you will not flee when the pressure gets tough and the quaking begins to... You will hold there. You will stand there and fight. You will fight and not take a step back. So there might be things going on in your family that's tough. Fight. Fight. Jesus said that he would keep these overcomers for this time. For this time. And they will dwell in the secret place of the Most High, of Psalm 91. They will dwell in the... How many people want to dwell in the secret place of the Most High? Amen. 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 See, Matthew. Matthew says, in Matthew 13... Or he speaks about these, these seven church ages in the whole of Matthew 13. And he says in Matthew 13, right at the end of it, in verse 47. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that has been let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full of fish, the fishermen pulled it to the shore and they sat down and collected the good fish. Excuse me. I get excited. They collected the good fish and threw away the bad. But you see, what you've got to also see is this. There is going to be a harvest like we've never seen before. It's speaking about an end time harvest that we have never seen before. And it will separate the good and the bad. The good and the bad will be separated. But Jesus uses two times in the Bible. One in Matthew and one in John. Which is the first gospel? Which is, which is the first gospel? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew is. Which is the last gospel? John. So it's no accident that God is saying something here in the beginning of Jesus' ministry, in the book of Matthew, and in the end, in the book of John. He uses this illustration. He says this in, in uh, He says these things. He says, he called to them in, in uh, Luke 6, Matthew 6, sorry. He says, when they'd finished, sorry, Luke, when he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put into the deep water and let your nets down for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked all hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let the nets down. So when they had done some, so they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And then we see at the end in John, 
21, verse 5 and 6. And he called out to them and said, Friends, have you caught any fish? No, they answered. You can imagine what they actually said. No. Leave us alone. And he said, throw your nets to the right side of the boat. Right symbolizing power. Power. To the right side of the boat. Because this church age will operate in such power. And you will find some. And when they did that, they were unable to haul in because such a large number of fish. And then he says in John 21, goes on in 10 and 11. John said to them, bring some of the fish that you've caught. So Simon and Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was so full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. What is he saying here? He's using the first one in Luke. You know, Luke becomes before John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He's saying at the beginning of the church age, you will have a revival. But the net will almost break. You'll almost lose this revival. And they almost did. We almost lost this this revival because of the dark ages. We went into a thousand years of dark age. We almost lost what the early church started. But what Jesus is showing us When we hear his voice, when we've toiled and done everything that we know that we can, he will say, throw it in, I will give you the keys of David with such power and authority. You're going to bring in a hall that is going to be so big that the nets won't break. Do you understand this? This is for us. And this net goes out into all seas and will gather in every kind. It's not just for one region. Because we sit in the West, it isn't just for the West. It's for all kinds. The first church began in the first parable, but yet we finish it, folks. We finish it. We finish it. We bring in this final harvest, you know, this final harvest. And I believe that the flow of evangelism will go out to to nations like never before. The flow of the word of God to bring in the captors. And we have a little time to get prepared for this. We need to intercede and make this place a house of prayer to bring this in. We need to make this. We are praying. We have prayed for, for when Richard and Caroline, for, we've set up with Andrew, you know, this, this, this prayer of intercession. You should be here. It's some of the most powerful things I have ever experienced. There's some of this prayer and intercession. And I want to have a look at something here. So, listen, I want to encourage you because this is about to happen to us. This is about to happen in this place. And how do I know that? I'm just going to baffle you a little bit now. But, yeah, I don't want you to go all funny on me because I want to have a look at something. I want to have a look at astronomy versus astrology. (coughs) Do you want to... I'll just stand up, Arnie. You might as well do it all. You got it. You've just looked at my notes. No, astrology, sorry, astronomy is the study of the stars and planets, yes? Astrology is the study or the attempts to interpret the influence of heavenly bodies in human affairs. That's the simplest way that I can sum it up. I use a dictionary. (laughs) Right? So we know that, that... 
astro astrology is literally, we'll study that so it can influence us. This is where you get the 12 zodiac signs of Libra and, and Leo and Sagittarius and, Le and, and Cancer and all this. You know. But God says these, in, in Genesis 1 verse 14, God said, let there be light in the vault of the sky to separate day from night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. So they're set apart for signs. That word signs in the original Hebrewic or Aramaic is basically they are signals. They are signals to us that will march us. If we recognize these signals, we will recognize what? The hour, the days, the seasons, the times that we're living in. If we recognize it, we will recognize that, that we're living in a new season. We're coming into a new season. And that, that, that God said that the stars have a voice and they communicate his plans. But it's been completely shoved out of all the churches. Because the occult took it over and they took all of these signs that God has placed in the sky and abused it and misused it. That the church has nothing to do with it. But I'm about to shock you, hopefully. I want to show you something. You know, that we know that the 12 signs of the zodiac were originally given by God. But the demonic corrupted it. Like they try have corrupted the, the rainbow. But they haven't. It's in God's throne room. That's the rainbow, the seven colors, the seven spirits of God. But they aren't corrupted. Because did you know that God laid out the whole of salvation using his stars? The whole of salvation is laid out there. Do you want to see some of it? It's amazing. It says, we just, we just need to understand this. Now, I have to say, you know, don't go around saying that I'm a believing in, in, in astrology. I don't. I'm a believing in astrology. I'm studying it. I've got a book, you know, and I'm reading it. I'm just, and so I, I'm just doing a little bit of studying on it. You know, because there's signals to us. There are there's signals in the skies that God, God doesn't withhold anything. He wants the whole church to know about what he's doing. In Psalm 19, verse 4, this is what Heidi was quoting before. Verses 1 to 4, it says, verse, Psalm 19, if you've got it, it'd be a good idea to turn to it. Because I want, the heaven declares, the, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. The day after day, they will pour forth speech. Day and night, no, night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech because they have no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voices go out into all of the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. And the heavens of God has pitched like a tent in the sun. I think God, through David, is trying to tell us something. Because what happened in 1947, the world almost missed. There was a meteorite shower in 1947 that over all the earth, the whole earth could see it. Do you know what it was called? Lion. Lion. Do you know what constellation was in the sky? Leo. God was about to roar over his army in 1947. What was decreed in 1947? Israel. That's the timepiece. Not when it actually happened, but when it was first decreed. That's the law. 1947, this meteorite, the lion, came and roared. 
Because what was released on the church? Charismatic movements, healing, signs and wonders through people like Brother, um, B- uh, Brother Adam, uh, A. A. Allen and, and Branham and all these great men. Suddenly we see a, a healing anointing come upon the church like never before. And do you know what? It ushered in a, the age of Aquarius. Now, if you are as old as I am, you can remember the, the, the hair. Airy, the day of Aquarius, the day of Aquarius. It was all hair. But this is what it was saying. It was, it was a sign of the age of Aquarius dawning. What does that mean? This is the age of Aquarius. This is the, the, the sign. It's a man holding a pot of water where the water is pouring out. Um, and it, it literally, if you look further on, I, haven't, I couldn't fit it on. He's pouring the pot of water into the fish's mouth. So it's the, we see the birth of the nation of Israel, and then we see the charismatic movement through signs and wonders and healings break out like never before. And it's saying that God in heaven is pouring out his Holy Spirit into the believers, into the fish's mouth. And they begin to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the world, we have some worldwide revivals among God that began that we've never seen before. Things like Brownsville. You know, that revival that that the church had not hardly ever seen. But it was heralding in. It was heralded in by a comet called Lion. And guess what? That comet hit the shores again of the world at the turn of the century. 1999... 2000, the same comet came on the earth. And all the world could see it. But very few people, the same comet called Lion, it happens every 33 years. Wow. Wow. 33, yeah, thank you. I was waiting for somebody to get hold of that. 33, it speaks, you know, about what? Completeness. New beginnings. So God is saying from the year 2000, we've completed that, we're going to move into new things. Because um, the word Aquarius means blessing out of victory in the Hebrew. Blessings out of victory. So this comment hit and we see the dawning of hippies and, and how the occult completely took it over, you know, and we see the, the whole hippie movement break out and the the drugs, and then we see the abortion being allowed, and, and all this. So that the, because the church didn't occupy this ground, the devil did, and he brought a new age on. Absolutely, we need to. I think that heaven's prophetic voice is saying something to the church, and it's very interesting because we see the whole plan of salvation being found in the skies. In the skies, Aquarius is made up of three constellations: it's Cygnus. Uh, Pergasus and Aquarius, right? And the word is the blessings of victory. But the man holding the water and pouring out into the fish's mouth speaks the fullness of God's God's spirit being poured out upon man. The fullness of God's spirit. So, this is the age of Pisces. We're moving into the age of Pisces. But it's two fish, not one. It's two fish bound together. What does that signify? Beginning and end. Beginning and end. 
God, will, there will be two pouring outs. The first one with the, the early disciples, and the second one will happen to us. Because the, we will see the fullness of the Spirit of God being poured out to a bunch of people. Then we see Pegasus. It's the horse. Right, so I mean, my sign, not that I'm paying any attention to it, is the Sagittarius, which is half horse, half man. It means the archer. What did Neville, what did Sadhu prophesy? About a horse coming in. Right, I think God was saying something to me then. It took me yesterday to wake up to it. Right? But Pisces means fish, the fullness of the spirit. Sorry, Pisces in Hebrew means the fullness of the spirit. And uh, that this church age will see, that will see and receive the fullness. But Pegasus, which is a flying horse, um, it it's literally means the returning from afar. The returning from afar. And Hebrew, the far means the Lord or the branch will come forth and will be overflowing with joy. That's incredible, that. That God will return with such an overflowing of joy. And then we see the consolation, which is part of the Aquarius, means the soon return of our Redeemer. This is what it's saying. The soon return of our Redeemer. And then we have Cygnus. Cygnus is which is a swan. And it means, in Latin, it means circling or returning. But in Hebrew, it means the Lord return. The Lord's return. And he will re- and it means the Lord's return will come quickly and he will shine forth and come. And he says, behold, I come quickly. So the whole of the salvation has been brought out in all of this. That the Lord's return is imminent and he's coming quickly. And then the sign of Pisces is interesting because of the age of Aquarius giving away to the age of Pisces right now. Right now it's giving away to Pisces. And um, there are two fish connected with a cord. And one of the cord is attached to the beginning of Andromeda. What is Andromeda? It's a picture of a woman being bound by both ends. Who's the woman? The church. That the, the Pisces, to where it's, it's bound, this woman has two chains to it. This is what we're moving into, folks. The woman has changed, which is the age of Pisces was dawning. You know, at the beginning, the age of Pisces dawned when Jesus was born. That constellation was in the sky when Jesus was born. That's the first part of the woman being chained. That's the first part. And he has connected us right the way through to the end of the age. Right? So that's the, the other one that's attached to the other fish's tail. Right, right the way through. And Andromeda literally means redeemed out of affliction. Redeemed out of affliction. So this woman, under the age of Pisces, which we moved into, we're moving into, means that this woman, the church, will will be redeemed out of affliction. It's the church. The church has been chained up and has set into decline since A.D. 100. And the staff means broken. All about this time, it was all up there. But then we have another constellation, 
which is Sephras, which is literally a king holding a rod. Can you see the king with the rod on the left-hand side? This is a king. Um, this is all in the stars when Jesus was born, which is it's a king on a throne. And, and Sephras really means a royal branch. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. He is a crown king. He has a scepter in his hand. And he will deliver from who, from, he will deliver the woman from her affliction and set her to her place in, in redemption. So in the heavenlies, particularly Pisces now, there's a change in this realm of the spirit. The royal branch, the kinghood, is coming to set the woman, the church, free in Jesus Christ. But it's the true church. It's not the whole church. It's the church that recognize their times and seasons. Is this making sense to you? It's free. It's totally free. And it says that the stars have names which indicate the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is the Redeemer and the Deliverer. It's all up there. And it also says that the chain woman and the fish speak of a harvest that are connected to the initial one, Jesus, right down to the last days. Right down, and it's going to absolutely set the church on fire. So we're not getting into astrology, we're getting into astronomy to understand what the heavens are saying. And it's a, we have a prophetic voice that speaks to us today that is prophetically outlining the purpose of God in the history of salvation right, through, right the way through the ages. So, I want to just tell you that this church age is going to touch every nation. Every nation is going to feel this. It says in Revelation 9.1, And the star fell from the heavens and onto the earth. And it looks like a meteorite. It's going to look like a meteorite. But we know there are going to be stars thrown down to heaven. It's speaking about when we, in Revelation 12, the man-child gets into the Holy of Holies, war breaks out. And in chapter 13, we see that the devil is thrown down to the earth. Why? Because we go into that realm, that spirit realm, and we chuck him and his minions down with them. That's us. Little old me. Dressed in the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the gospel of my feet, ready to do some war with the sword of the spirit, which has two edges. Two edges is what? One for the spirit and one for the physical. We're going to fight. We're going to chop some demonic, demonic heads off. We're going to take on the Nephilim, as in the days of Noah. The church has got to wake up to this fact. And there's going to be a tremendous battle taking forth. And God is going to give this Philadelphian church an open door to all of this realm. We're coming into that Philadelphian age right now. And we're going to rise up into its fullness, and it will sweep all of these things. God is going to give us the key to the, the key of David with great authority and power. And the last hour of this church, God is going to, to do some remarkable things. Remarkable things. <clears throat> I'm just running out of time, so I'm going to skip a little bit because I want to show you something the Lord told me. What starts tomorrow? Come on, guys. Come on. Yom Kippur. Yeah, it starts tomorrow evening, right? Six o'clock, and it goes right the way through to Tuesday. Then when, where are we going the following week? 
tabernacles. You should be all looking at your Hebrewic calendars. So I thought, okay, God, what are you saying to the world? And guess what? Tomorrow, this is what we are going to see. Are you ready? This is for the whole world to see. This is starting tomorrow. We are seeing five constellations coming in. The first three will start tomorrow. There'll be Venus, there'll be Saturn, and there will be Mars. You're all really interested now, aren't you? So what's it saying? Venus is the bright and morning star. Saturn is the restful one. And Mars is the red one. The red one. That's what it means. So Venus, bright morning star. Saturn, the restful one. The red one is war. So Jesus is going to arise to the restful and patient ones and will arise with war in his ring. wings. Yes, I do. Thank you, Lord. Another one. So Jesus is going to arise to a church that have been in a place of rest and there'll be war in his wings. There is war coming. There is war coming. But he's coming to us. But then we have this, which is really interesting. It's where Jupiter meets Mercury. Jupiter meets Mercury. And I looked at this and I thought, you know, what on earth is, you know, Jupiter is the largest planet. And it can represent Israel. Can. And, and it can mean King David's planet, which is the righteousness of the Messiah. But it also means justice or judgment. Are you following me? So for us, it means justice. We had that word a few weeks ago, that we would dance on the word of injustice. Because God is going to bring justice to where there has been injustice. But what on earth? I thought, look at Mercury, and it means the sun star. It has no distinguishing features, but the sun means the hot one. So here we go. I'm almost finished. I'm going to put all this together. Jesus, the bright and morning star, the restful and patient, will come to the restful and patient ones who will arise, and he will arise with war, and arise on a people of no reputation, with no distinguishing features, that will represent the hot one. The light of the world, Jesus, will shine like him in these people. And he will bring justice and judgment onto the world, especially concerning Israel. Right? We're going to see war break out. Mars means the red one, the fiery one. There is going to be war breaking out. And I believe we're seeing the start of it with this tornado or hurricane, Matthew, pouring and hitting now the east coast of America. Judgment is coming on America. But I believe that we're moving into a new time with Theresa May leading this country. I'm not being political here, but I believe we're into a new age. We're into a dawning of a new age. And what is she? Here's a clue. What is she? Apart from the Prime Minister, she's a Christian. She's also a woman. And I believe this is the breaking free of the true church. 
Because God doesn't hide it. Whatever happens in the spiritual, he'll bring it down and show us in the physical. So do you understand? Does this make sense to you? I finished on one hour and one minute. But this is what I want to pray. Is I want to pray on you. I'm going to pray on you in a minute that you get the enormity of where we're at. You get the enormity, the enormity that the bright morning star is about to rise on us. You get the enormity that you've been called for this Philadelphian age to move and to open up nations through the gospel. You are going to teach and equip hundreds and thousands of people. You are not going to be sitting down saying, well, well, I'll have a day off today. You'll be having a day off and praying to the Lord all day because you need to know what to do for the next day. We are moving into a new age. We're moving into the age of Pisces, which is the fullness of the Spirit being poured out to Andromeda, the woman, to set her free for the returning of Christ, who was coming quickly. Will you check it with me? Will you somebody help me with this? Because, I mean, I, I'm fascinated by all of this, but, uh, you know, we need to work together on this. You know, and uh, if you don't think, if you think this is all gobbledygook, go and check it for yourself. There's plenty of stuff out there, but check it for yourself. But I want to pray for you. Do you want to stand up? Thank you, Lord Jesus. And Father, I ask you now to help us to understand the enormity of what is taking place in the Spirit at this time. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand. But help us, Lord, to have an impact on our spirits with the changes that are already here. Let it impact us like never before. And Lord, I pray now that the beginning is about to take place of our new age that is coming and it is close. And Lord, I pray now, open up that door that we can pour through it. An age when the door are going to begin to open like we've never seen before. An age of Pisces, an age of the sign of the fish, the king is going to come and literally liberate the woman that is in chains. And Lord, I pray now, set her free to reach the nations for you, Jesus. I pray, set this woman free. Set us free to reach the nations and this city and our area, and our streets, and our houses are set apart for your purposes. And I pray, let the royal branch that is going to stand with his scepter in his hand is going to rule and reign over us. He is going to deliver the people out of bondage, out of sin, and the harvest is going to come in, and people are going to be redeemed out of their affliction. So, Father, I thank you for this. I pray for the vision now. Lord, give us vision and the faith levels to receive this. What you are saying to us today, which is on the wane. That we could easily lose sight of this. But Lord, keep our eyes focused on the vision and what you have called us to do. That we don't lose our perspective in it. That we stand in the coming week and say, yes, we're a part of this age which is dawning. That we stand and we say, yes, Lord, we want to be a part of this. 
that we want to see mighty things happen in our lives, that we want to see the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, I thank you that we have been born for such a time as this. And Lord, I pray now, take off that spirit of pressure and of heaviness and of depression off us now. And Lord, place in us your spirit, the spirit that is one of worship and of praise and of thanksgiving. And Lord, I thank you that we've been called for such a time as this. So I pray, Father, let us stand and be firm that when the earthquake starts coming upon this earth, that we will be not rocked, that we will stand as that pillar in your presence in the Holy of Holies. Father, I pray now, give us access of the open door of Revelation 4, 1, that that, that door is open in heaven for us to come in. And it says that whoever hears my voice and opens up the door, I will come and have a lavish dinner with him and he with me. So Lord, we open up that door of our hearts. We open up the doors of this church that come and eat with us and you eat with and us eat with you. But Lord, let us stand up in this world and not be rocked. Whatever is coming on us, Lord, let us not go to the left or to the right, but to stay on the narrow road, which is Jesus, to stay in you. And I pray now, Lord, in this place, in our lives, in our, in our hearts, that we only build on one foundation, which is Jesus, that we build in the one foundation of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, that a new dawn is aging over us, that a new dawn is aging the dawn of the fullness of your spirit about to be poured out on us. But Lord, I pray now, get Babylon out of us. Lord, you took us out of Egypt. You took your people out of Egypt. And the first thing they cried out for was a bit of garlic and onions. But Lord, I pray now, take that out of us to return back to the things of this world and give us your manna from heaven. And Lord, as we're about to dedicate a new life in this church, it's a prophetic sign for us as a church. As we lost Doug, which was a seed, and as just as that was a sign to us as a church, that Yemi and Ebenezer bringing their new baby is a sign to us today of new beginnings. Of new beginnings. So we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for what you're about to do in each and every one of us. And I just pray, Lord, let us look into your eyes and see you. I see the Lord in here. I've just said to the Lord, where are you? And Jason, the Lord is ministering to you. The Lord has been standing over you and praying over you and watching and guarding you. And the Lord has been walking over, and over here and... There's a young man, I don't know your name. But the Lord, the Lord is calling you out of that sleep, out of that. And he's saying, get on fire for me. Get on fire for me. Get on fire. You've been saved for such a time as this. And you may not know the Lord, but the Lord is praying over you. He's been watching over you. He's been cultivating over you. He's been sowing seeds into you that he wants to pull out of you. I just feel that that is for, for you two young lads there. You're going to be, you can be mighty. Do you know what? The Lord is telling me that you can be the David and the Jonathans of this age as they were in their age. You can storm up and take high places down. But get your hearts on fire for Jesus. 
get your hearts. The Lord has been praying over you. So, Father, I pray, break out on, on them. And we just pull out of that, that garment of heaviness that has been in this place. We just rebuke it now. And anybody that's listening to my voice, I know that people are listening that have a heaviness on them like never before. I pray to you now, pray for you now, that you will put on that garment of praise and thanksgiving that will draw out that spirit of heaviness. So we rebuke the spirit of heaviness. And Ginny, the Lord has been over, just praying over you as well, especially for what's been happening personally. And he's just been supporting you. He's been praying. He's been giving you strength um, over this time. And that, that he is right alongside you in this. And this is where he has physically been going amongst people and praying for them in that time. But, uh, you know, the Lord's with you. And there's going to be a shift in your family circumstances. Here there's going to be, this is a seed. This is a new, new beginning. You know, and there's going to be a shift happening that's coming out of something unexpected. So, Father, I pray all this in right now. Pray it in. Mark, the Lord is calling you into a new season. But there is some maturing that he wants you to do. He's plucked you off. You know when you pluck a, a fruit off from a tree that isn't quite ready, and he puts you on the sill, you know, you put it on the sill in the sun, that just to mature you and to bring the fullness of what, that, so when, when God bites into you, he wants to taste and see that you're good. So there is that you've been called for a new time, but there's going to be a maturing process in it. So, Father, I pray that in now. I pray, Lord, Lord, Heidi, I feel the Lord is saying there is going to be, my, my microphone has just changed, right? Um, but there is a new sound coming. I feel that, God, I hear a drumbeat. And I said, Lord, what is that? And he says, this is the new sound of worship that will be in this place. There is a new sound. Jason, you're on board with this. You need to support Heidi in this. All musicians need to support Heidi. There is a new sound from the spirit realm that is going to come into this place like never before. Angela and Steve and Amy, there's a new sound coming. And it might be that we sing an old song, but something's just going to break out on that song. So I pray for that right now. I pray for that right now. I just see breakthroughs coming over people's lives. Breakthroughs and that shift of a key. Marie, that, that is imminent for you. That shift is coming. It's imminent. There are people in here that have got a call not to go and live in nations, but you've got a call for nations. You've got a call for geographical places. That you will go for a time and a season, but it will be in God's time and his season. But we are about to see great miracles break out in this place. Miracles of healing, miracles of deliverance, miracles of raising the dead and of driving out demons. And Maria, I really see that, that you will, God is putting on you the mantle of evangelism with power. Of power that you will be able to read into people's minds and hearts and tell them what the Lord wants. And there'll be such signs of following you and accompanying you, it's going to follow you even into the supermarkets and the checkout tills. You'll give a word of knowledge that will become a spirit of all knowledge. 
of people's lives and you'll see many set free. The Lord has seen you toiling in that field where you haven't seen a lot of fruit from the toiling. But all the things that you toiled in are going to come into a fullness of this new age. And Barbara, the Lord is going to give you a direction that you didn't see coming. It's almost like a sideways direction. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a sideways. And it's a place of preparation. That's what I hear in the Spirit. It's a place of preparation that will bring you into your position. And do not strive for it. But there is a shift coming, and it will be almost to the left. I see it coming over to the left. But it will be it will be a place of preparation that will bring you into your place of position. Yes, Jesus. Andrew, I see you standing on a stage with Richard and Caroline, and you see a vast array of people. Where as you speak, it might be just something that the Lord has spoken to you at, all heaven will back you up. All heaven will back you up. And as much as you don't like the microphones, but there are going to be things that God will do through the microphone as you utter that voice. You have the ability, church, to change weather patterns. That's what I'm getting now. You have the ability to change weather patterns. You can change this tornado or thing that's heading towards the shores. You can turn it around. You will have dominion in that realm as a church. And I think you two represent, you know, fronting this. You're the front of the church. But God is positioning you with authority. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I just see Anne and Kath, and I just get, as soon as I saw that, I just got Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha. That one of you is going to lay at the feet of Jesus and be in his presence, and the other one will follow. But you, you both are going to work together in this. And I believe that you, it's, it's almost like you represent mothers. You're going to be mothers to, to kids that do not know, young kids, and they might be in their 50s, but they've never experienced a mother's love. And a hug from heaven. But you're going to bring hugs from heaven down. Onto to, to people that don't know their God. God is going to give you, Anita, a spirit of revelation. That will just unlock you. I see an unlocking. It's almost like I see two keys. One unlocking your life. And the other one in your back. Where God is going to wind you up. And you are going to run for him. When he lets go of that key, you're going to run for him. And I believe that, you know, that path of evangelism is going to erupt in your life. That the spirit, when you erupt, the spirit erupts on you. It's going to break out on you. I can really feel it. And the ladies around there, I think you carry the same thing. That you're, you're real worshipers, but you're also intercessors. And you're praying in the deep things of God. God is being going to show you the deep things and how to pray it in. Because you will have battle plans. The Lord, the Lord will unlock battle plans over areas and geographical places to bring that. I feel the Lord is, is giving you, sir, in the blue. He's giving you new shoes to put on 
It's the news of the good news of the gospel. It's golden. So it's things of him. It's from the royal throne room. He's going to give you new shoes. I just see the Lord coming to you now. And it's almost like, what does Nike mean? It's power. Yeah, the actual word Nike means power. But this is the power of the gospel. The power to go forth. That I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of the gospel to set first the Jew and then the Gentile free. That's the verse I get. That the Lord is about to, to, to put more power into your feet. He's putting, he's retreading you. He's putting a new tread on you. You've, I think one thing is going to close and another door is going to open. One door is closed. I just feel that sense that one door has closed, but another is opening. But this one will have power, and you will run and not grow weary. God is going to give you a supernatural strength to run with this, but it will only be brought in by prayer and intercession. So I feel that you're very... Is that your wife? You're very, you're very much like that in the Spirit. You're very much together. You're side by side. You are one. And he's given you gifts for one purpose, which is him. To bring in the gospel of Jesus to nations. And I believe you come in dressed in good old African dress. You know, for a purpose. For a purpose. I believe God is going to use you and send you back to your birthplace. To your spiritual birthplace. And you're going to unlock that nation. And that area, I just see witchcraft being thrown asunder. That when you walk into a place, witchcraft will disappear. You'll see witch doctors and witch witches come to the Lord. There'll be a no-fly zone over your ministry. There'll be a no-fly zone over your ministry. You'll see the demonic fall down. Yes. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Christina, I feel the Lord is saying that he hasn't placed you as being a chemist for a reason. He's he's placed you there. That's on purpose. But what I feel the Lord wants to do is show you things that are from green, that are from plants, that are natural remedies. He's going to show you things that will be healing for cancer, like that. There will be things that I see blind people. You're going to put some ointment on their eyes that the Lord has shown you. I want you to go to a... I'm just saying this, an olive tree, and I want you to press the, the olive, and I want you to, to put the olive and the oil on their eyes, and they will see. And I believe that's part of your evangelistic outreach, is that you will have the salve so that they may see the Lord. That the Lord has said that he will use you in this area to unveil people's eyes so they may know him. That they may know him. And Liz, I just see that where you pray, that there is fire following you. As you pray in the buses, there is fire on those streets. You are going to set streets ablaze with the presence of God. Physically, that you'll see streets ablaze with his presence. Amy, you're about to receive a miracle that will will awaken in you the music that's there. But he wants to unblock your ears. But you're going to have to be patient for it. 
Lord, if you want to do it now, then we, are, we give you full permission to do it now. And David, I just see you as, as having two folds to it. There, are, there is going to be a correction that the Lord wants to bring because he disciplines those that he loves. But I, I believe you, there's two folds to your, what, what, is, what the Lord is going to show to you. You're not to strive for it. It's just going to happen. But doors will be open. I believe you're going to go back to Israel. And I believe whether that's in the spirit of being translated, but I believe that you've got a call amongst the Jewish nation. You've got a call of, of, of almost like the 144,000 out of Revelation 7 and the calling of 144,000 of the Revelation 14. One is for the Jews, the other is for nations. And I believe that's part of your calling, is to go to the Jewish nation and show them the Messiah. To, and, and I just, again, I see that, that, that thing of re removing veils from their eyes, that you'll be preaching out of Daniel, that you'll be preaching out of Isaiah, and suddenly the veil will be lifted off their eyes. And just as I said that, your spirit leapt in you. Your spirit leapt in you. Pan, you're going to dance for Jesus. You're going to dance, and what Jesus sees you do in your room will be done on the platform. That when you dance and you praise and you sing for the Lord, he'll put you on a platform. And when you do that, I see kings and princes falling on their faces. I see presidents and prime ministers. In pri and I see you walking into an office that is the most scary place to be in your country. That will unlock the demonic that is holding places like Bangkok of prostitution. There'll be... There'll be legislation being brought in by the presidential office when you walk into that office that will unlock the demonic to flee out of places of, of corruption and the Lord is assigning you a spirit of protection he's assigning you a warrior angel to accompany you when you go back to your homeland an angel will go with you to protect you and fight this and it's a big warrior angel he won't show himself to you He'll make himself known by name. He'll make his, you know, the angels concerning you in, in, in Psalm 91. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I hope you don't mind me doing this, but I just felt it was important of this season that we're moving into. But now as a church, if you'd like to sit down, we're going to dedicate a baby. beginning it's a new time to enter in and that's what I had at the beginning um, and also step up to the plate so what God has spoken to each one of us we have to do our part you know God has spoken to us and to step up to that plate and to come up higher that's the call of the Spirit in this place today, is come up higher. Those words I had at the very beginning, and I was just waiting for a time to, to confirm. I'm not sure if this is something in the physical or something in the spiritual, but I keep getting this smell. I've smelt it probably three times in my life. Uh, where the Lord breaks the alabaster jar, the perfume, and I keep smelling 
to smell. So I don't know if somebody's got something that smells similar or whether that's, or whether that's a smell. But, but, but I, think it's, uh, on, I, I think it's on this lady here. And I think, uh, yeah, well, I, smell, I keep smelling it all, all the time. And uh, it reminds me of that alabaster, you know, that nard, that wonderful, expensive perfume that was poured out. And I th but I think it's like a reversal, you know. It's like a reversal, do you know what I mean? It's like the Lord's pouring it out on them. So, do you know what I mean? <laughs> the Lord in the physical has been walking around this room all morning. And he's been going over to people and he's been praying over your situation. You know, and he's been praying with you and things that you are... He's listening to your thoughts. You know, you can't hide anything from the Lord. But I believe the thing the Lord wants to break over you is healing. Healing, both physical and emotional. Healing. So if we want some ladies just to gather around, Anne and Kath, and then we'll bring Ebenezer and uh, Yemi up. Marie, can you pray over them, please? Andrew, Richard, Caroline, just see you guys standing up in front of, you know, on a, on a platform, a stage, that there was hundreds and thousands of people before you. I think that's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's a place, Richard, you don't want to go, but the Lord's going to take you there. So, Father, I pray now, pour out what you need pouring out on each and every one of us here, represented by Kath and Anne. Just pour out your spirit on each and every one of us here now, Lord. Do you know the Lord is placing things into your hand? He's placing the pen, the writing. He's placing, he's placed a um, um, painting brush on you. He's given you felt tips. This is all the way through today. He's just been placing these things and implements for you to use to bring his glory. And it'll be through writing. It'll be through painting. It'll be through inventiveness. That's what the felt tips is. It's because it's, it's many colors. So it'll have many aspects to it. If you pray, if you start painting and drawing in the things of the spirit realm, things like revelation, that's the one that will fall on the place. If you start painting in the yellow of, of, um, the spirit of power and might, that's going to fall in. Then you're going to start painting indigo, which is the spirit of the fear of the Lord. That will fall in the place. I believe that what the Lord is going to show you, what he wants that you to paint, draw, or write about, that's the one that will fall. It's really powerful. And Lord, we pray for our kids. Lord, I pray now, Lord, let them rise up on the wings of like an eagle, that they will soar above and see things from your perspective. 
that they will bring down things that they see in the spirit realm through dreams and visions and bring it down on earth. Father, I pray now, let them become raving evangelists for you. Let them become, Lord, that they will walk under the, the anointing of Elijah and Moses. That, Lord, that they will walk with such power, signs, and wonders that, the, that, that nobody is going with, with, to be able to shut them up or, or stop them. They will literally empty hospitals. They will go into other nations and drive out demons. There will be no fear put upon them. Lord, I see the little ones being, being dressed in the legionnaires' uniform. They've been given the, 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 the belt and the spirit and the, the breastplate and the helmets and, and all these things. Because, Lord, they're a tiny army about to be launched. That will be launched into the power and might of the right hand of God. So I'm going to invite Yemi, Ebenezer. Do you need chairs at the front? No. I don't even know the name of the baby. But this is a time of dedication. So if you are family or you are friends, please gather around them. Because we're going to dedicate this lovely little girl, Grandma holding her, this lovely little girl. We're going to dedicate it to the things of God. Because she is, I tell you, she is an Esther. An Esther. And I get the name Ruth. I'm not saying that's the names you should call it. But it's very important what you call your child for this, for this time and for this age. It's incredibly important. But if the kids want to gather around. So if anybody gets a word, help me out. If anybody wants to pray something, can we grab the microphone at the right time? Seven. Seven is completion. Age. So Yemi, Ebenezer. Thank you, Lord, for Yemi and Ebenezer bringing in this new life for such a time as this. Thank you, Father, that you have made them one, one in you. And they have got a destination and a purpose that is written in heaven about them for such a time as this. And, Father, I pray now, Lord, as they have brought a new life, bless the one they've already brought. Bless this one, Lord, this little one. Bless her, Lord, and let her roar like a lion in these end times, Lord. Let her roar like a lion. Lord, let her dance on the principalities and the powers and workers of darkness. Let her dance upon them, Lord, that she will set the captives free. And I real feel that's her destiny written on all of you as a family, that you will set the captives free. But, Father, what are you going to call this lovely little girl? A lot. <laughs> a lot. A lot. Can I read, say it out to you, what did you say? All right, the, the first name is Shalom. The second name is, uh, I mix it, Temidayo, which means mine has been made joyful. My, my story has been made joyful. to his place. Uh, the third name is Aureolua, meaning friend of God. Father, that she will be Aureolua. Aureolua. 
Arulua, that she will be a friend of God. And Father, I pray, Lord, give her the heart like Esther. Give her the heart like Esther, that she will have access into the throne of the king and will bring in the decrees of her people. Father, I pray, give her a voice. Give her a position in you. Give her a position that starts in heaven and she brings it down on earth. But Lord, that she will bring joy and peace into situations of affliction and of trouble. That she will have the king's ear to bring in laws and decrees for the land of the living. Uh, the other name is Oluwadarasimi, uh, meaning God has been favorable unto me. And God will, you will walk in the favor of God for the rest of your life until you will see, and I, I will say this now, you will see the return of the Lord. You will see it with your eyes and that you will be, when the trials come on this world, you will walk under his protection. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I think the last one is Oluwa Bukumi. Oluwa Bukumi. Oluwa Bukumi, meaning God has blessed me. Uh, the other name is Onofemiopo, uh, meaning I have many reasons to thank God. Um, and the last one we had it on to it is Esther. Esther, yes. Yes. Hey, and even, even Kumba's, Kumba moved. So, Father, she will walk in favor and in your blessings. And she'll be like Daniel. She'll be like a Daniel. She will thank the Lord of the Most High God. She'll be having a prayer of praise and of thanksgiving upon her. Lord, that will enter into the favor of the Lord. And that, Father, that she will just bring things from heaven down on earth because of the favor that's on her. But, but Lord, that she will have a mouth of praise and of thanksgiving to the Most High God. And Father, I see her pointing the way to Jesus. She will lead many to the Lord. She will point the way to salvation through the cross and through the blood of Jesus. And Lord, this will start at such an early age. She will, this will start before she utters a word. She will point. She will see angels. She will see things from your realm. And they will become more real to her than the things of this realm. And Father, we pray now, Lord, as this dedication, as we promise, as a family and as a church, as a body, Lord, to protect her. Lord, that, that we will nourish what you have placed upon her this day. That what is now sealed, we seal this in with the sign of the cross. Not out of baptism, but with a sign. We seal this in where the Holy Spirit will now flood in and enter in and seal these things. And we speak to the Spirit that is so much bigger than her. It's fully mature. We pray now, Lord, ignite the Spirit and keep it burning. Let this child, let this Esther rise up with healing in her wings. That, Lord, that she will arise up with such destiny and with such power and with such wisdom that will literally just put all the religious leaders to shame. But Lord, we stand in this place now. We stand with Ebenezer and we stand uh, with Yemi and we stand with the parents, Lord, and the grandparents and the family. Just come in, come in, come in. We stand with them. We stand with them as a church, don't we? As a church. 
And we promise, stand with them. We promise to stand with you to guard this child's heart and mind in our Christ Jesus. We pray now to protect her. And we pray for her to be brought up in the ways of God. And not the things of man, but in the ways of God and the things of God. So, Father, we pray now, we stand together as a church, as one body, because we have the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to stand up in this time and to protect her. But, Lord, now seal what's in her and on her. Right now. Lord, I pray now, protect her. He says, I love my master. I love my wife. And I love my child, but I do not want to be free. And then the, the bond servant mentality says that the master has to protect and provide. So, Father, protect and provide. For, for this family, Lord, protect and provide for this family. From this day forth. In Jesus' name. Yes. So, Lord, we just, even at her young age, that she will be filled with the Holy Spirit. That she will be filled with the Holy Spirit. I just really, really believe in that she will carry the authority of the Lord God in terms of the kingdom of light over darkness. That she will, you know, it's no accident. I don't believe it's an accident when you had a problem in the childbirth of this baby. It was no accident because she's going to be a real threat to Satan's kingdom. She's going to be driving out Satan's kingdom out of people's lives and deliverance. And that's why the enemy didn't like, did not like to see it happen. That's why there's a you know, difficulty. But Satan's kingdom, through this child, his kingdom's coming down. His kingdom's coming down because she will carry the authority. The finger of God will be on this woman, on this young girl, in terms of driving out your, Satan's kingdom and bringing in God's kingdom. So, Father, we just bless her. You bless her, bless her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Fill her, fill her, which I know you're going to do with the Holy Spirit and with power and with authority. You're going to do it even at that young age. So, bless her, Lord. May she be a love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And may she really be a kicking Satan's butt. Because that's why you've raised her, you've called her to be. In your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless her, we pray. a very very simple prayer but I just want to pray Esther that you would be a lioness for your king a lioness and you will roar for your Jesus in Jesus mighty name Esther bless bless you lioness for your king do you guys want to say something first of all um I would like to say a, an incredible thank you to every single one in this church. Um, we've, we've had a few conversations with Andy and Heidi, and they, they know a bit of our story. And to, today is quite beautiful beyond what we thought it would be. So thank you so much. It means a lot to us. And I felt your prayers. I felt... I, I needed the prayers and I definitely felt like I wasn't standing alone and I really, really thank God for each and every one of you that prayed for me because it wasn't just a wasted prayer. It actually counted 
in the time that it was needed. So really thank God for your lives. Secondly, on the day before the delivery, I made a vow to God out of uh, a very strong emotion. And my mother-in-law was in a car when I said it. I said I would, I would tell the world what God did and how he did it uh, in terms of giving birth to this child. Um, like uh, Richard said, there was, a lot, there was quite a few difficulties with the, with the delivery. So I, I wanted something. I wanted an easy, easy delivery. And I said, God, if you do it that way, I will tell the world that you did it. And if you don't do it the easy way, I will tell the world that you did not do it the easy way. Um, well, it did not do it the easy way, um, as, as I said I would. But it did it in a way that what it did is better than what I prayed for. Because what happened was if God had answered my prayer, there's a chance that I would have lost my wife, um, which it's silly to, to hold on to your desire and then lose, lose what God had in mind. So I would like to sing this song. But before you sing a song, um, I, just wanna, I just wanted to add to that as well because um, we wanted an easy birth. But in, in going through the, the process and the hard labor and, and everything else that happened, I've, I've gotten to see God in a way that I couldn't have seen if it happened the easy way. And like Andy was saying um, earlier on that, you know, we go through these things to mature us. And many times we see hardship and we want to run the other way. Our flesh is like, no, I don't want to go through this fire. I don't want to go. I, I want the easy way. But the hard way doesn't kill us because it says, in the fire, I will be with you. In the flood, I will be with you. Whatever it is you go through, I am there and I am fully aware that you're going through it so I, I got to know God in a way that I would never have known him and I wouldn't swap it any other way because of what I have in him now because what's most important is that we we are conformed to his image and we we get to share that fellowship with him that we can't do except we go through his suffering so not general suffering but the ones that he orchestrates for us to go through. So, yeah. Thank you. And I would like to thank my, gra my parents, the grandparents on, on both sides. Um, the song that I would like to sing simply goes like this. You are higher than the mountains that I face. You are stronger than the power of the grave. You are constant through the trials that I face. One thing remains. One thing remains. Your love never fails, never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. On and on and on and on it goes. Till in overwhelms and satisfies my soul. 
and I never ever have to be afraid. One thing remains. One thing remains. One thing remains. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we thank you for what is happening. We thank you for what you're doing. And we thank you, Father, that we have been born for such a time as this. And I thank you, Father, this is a new birth because we're in a new age that is dawning, the age of where we will see you return and you are coming quickly. So, Father, I pray now, give us everything that we need to be equipped for this harvest. Father, I pray now, everything, both physically, spiritually, and in our souls, Lord, let it come in. But Lord, I pray now for protection over each and every one of us and over our houses and over our families that the things that you have sealed in us will not be stolen, will not be killed or murdered. But Lord, that we will go in not our strength, but in your strength. That we will have your protection upon us for this time, for such a time as this, in Jesus' name. And seal in everything, everything that is written on each and every one of us in your library in heaven. Seal it in us. And Father, as, a, as you give us gifts, Lord, that we need for this time, we ask, we don't receive because we don't ask, but Lord, we ask for the gifts that we need. Lord, not that we can show off, but Lord, that where we can bring your kingdom down. So Father, as we give and, and, and give these gifts to Yemi and to Ebenezer as a gift from the church, as a gift, as a, as a sign, Lord, of the gifts that you are going to bestow upon us, we give you these gifts as a sign of our love, as a, as a body, as a sign of, of what the God is going to be doing in our lives and in your lives. We give you these gifts. And Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that he is the enabler. He is the one to do the things that we cannot do for ourselves. So Father, I pray now for a blessing upon these gifts and multiplication, Lord. Multiplications of your provisions. Your provisions. In Jesus' name, as we come and give you these gifts with the love of the church, with the love of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. And Father, we bless, ask you now to bless the food as it comes out, to give us real deep fellowship, and Lord, that we can grow even more to love one another. And Lord, I want to say these, let's spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let's not give up giving to meeting together or some in the habit of doing, but let's spur one another to, to all truth and to all as you see the day approaching. Lord, let it happen in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
就没。